moving forward, again, we put up the poster last night and kind of got that that uh, conversation started. And really, um, the voting has obviously, I think, because people are so impacted and impressed with the way Better Be have handled Smith, um, that they're automatically like, who's going to stop Better Be of, you know, but let let's look back at the age old adages, you know, uh, styles make fights. If B Vol is on his game, can box and is zoned in, you know, I think uh, I would favor slightly Dimitri B Vol in that fight. Wow. All right. Welcome back to the RBR recap episode 22. I am Alex Burgos joined as always by my main man, Gabe Rivas, co-host. Happy Father's Day to you, Gabe, even though you're not a father, but, you know, celebrating the day. Uh, even if you're not a father, you got a, a good gift from Arthur Better Piev last night, which we'll jump into in a minute. Uh, but Gabe, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. It's 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning, so I'm great. I'm an early bird, man. So let's do this. Yeah, more props to you, man. It is a little past 10 here on the East Coast. We got an early night last night, like I mentioned, Better BF gave us a gift on, on various levels. Highlight reel knockout, uh, quick fight. Um, shout out to my man, Eric. I just got a text from, uh, he said, happy Father's Day to me. He said, you're doing a great job raising RBR. Um, so <laughs> so I appreciate that. That's uh, Gabe, we've been since the beginning. I mean, it's it's been a long ride, almost 10 years uh, with Round by Round Boxing. So uh, just looking back on that is, is kind of cool, too. So, yeah, we, we've been raising that baby, right? That's right, man. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Um, oh, I got to shout out my daughter. Uh, awesome. Like my daughter. T-shirt. There you go. Yeah. So she's, <laughs> she's a winner. Jasmine, I love you. Um, all right. But uh, yeah, no, jumping into the fight, man. Um, Archer Betterbia versus Joe Smith was a light heavyweight title unification clash. Smith coming in with the WBO title. Betterbiev has held the IBF and WBC for quite a while um, after he unified with uh, Alexander Bosdick um and knocked him out so he came in as the only champion and then you know this was uh, kind of highlighted uh time and time again the only champion with a perfect record of uh victories and knockouts so he was 17 and 0 17 knockouts power is his thing but he's been kind of this guy that will wear you down um you know and, and that's kind of what people expected i thought prop wise for betting for those folks that like to bet this is probably one of the easier fights to bet on for the stoppage you know what i mean like regardless of who you thought was going to win obviously that's always um you know tricky even though better be it was the favorite but you knew if either guy is going to win it's going to be by knockout and so i put a pretty penny on that and won a little bit back so i mean if you took our checkout box bet pod for the uh prop recommendations a quick plug on that but i mean this one was going to go one way and of course it went that way uh, it was quicker than a lot of people thought because, like I was saying, Better Beav has been a guy that will wear you down. Um, Smith can always, you know, defend himself because he has that power and he keeps people at least at a distance and honest. Um, even Dimitri Bivol, who dominated uh, the majority of that fight, but was also clipped and, and maybe buzzed a little bit by Joe Smith. So we know he had power going into this fight. It was just, can he fight that perfect fight, quote unquote, like Andre Ward said before the the fight you know he had to be on his p's and q's and really do um, his best in every aspect and we always talk about this uh, on this podcast can you be the best version of yourself and um, I think it was apparent early on um, that 
Joe Smith, as soon as he got clipped, kind of like that game plan went out the window. And he had some good ideas going in. He pressured better be in the first uh, few minutes. But after getting clipped and getting dropped for the first time, it really didn't go his way. And it was just like him trying to land a, a home run right hand. Uh, was not going to do the trick. So better be behind three knockdowns, got the stoppage victory in round two. Now we look towards a mega unification, undisputed clash against Dimitri Vival. Gabe, I want to get your opinion on um, going into this fight, what you thought, because, um, you know, better be spoke to, to what some of the people were saying at the, the pre-fight press conference about his age and maybe that being an issue. I think Andre Ward, again, was one of those people after the Marcus Brown fight that was like, Better Beav is looking his, you know, a little bit slower. He, he's wearing down. Um, but Better Beav spoke to that. Uh, you know, he, he says he always asks his trainers how he's doing compared to the past. I, th- I thought that was interesting that he's acknowledging that that maybe that might be a thing or that's on his mind at least. Um, so talk about what you thought pre-fight. Talk about what you thought of the fight. And then, again, looking forward, we're all salivating. That's the conversation now. Social media is bursting with comments over, um, you know, better be a potentially versus Dimitri Vival. Going into the fight, I think there were questions on the way in which he would score a stoppage win. Because like you said, the Brown fight, it's not like it was a one-punch knockout that ended the fight early. He had to wear him down. And then Brown had some tricks of his own, right? He would come in. You could argue that he the, the, the cut that was caused might have been a little bit intentional because that wasn't the first person he had cut. Um, and so with Better Beef, I guess there were some questions about how he was going to look against someone like Joe Smith Jr., who had never been knocked down in his career. I think it's worth noting that he did have his jaw broken early in his career. It was his first loss, um, and it ended by a technical knockout, but because he succumbed to the pain and he turned around and they stopped it. But he had never been stopped uh, before that. So a lot of questions going in there, and I think Better Beef has an underrated personality. Like you mentioned, the post-fight press conference, he was talking about how receptive he is to um, advice from his corner and his team and asking them, hey, am I doing better than two years ago or am I doing worse? And his team is saying is that he's looking better. And for 37 years, that's really good. You know, maybe because it, there's some, there seems to be a relationship between higher, class, higher weight classes and age. It seems like if you're in the higher weight class, you can last a bit longer, whereas if you're in a lower weight classes, um, you don't last as long. But Chocolatito breaks that rule anyway, so maybe maybe there isn't a relationship. <laughs> but anyway, um, with Better Beef, going into the fight, there were some questions on how dominant he would he would look, but I think there wasn't a question, like you said, that 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 the fight would end by a knockout. Um, and, and so and that's what happened. He scored a, the second round knockout against Smith Jr. The broadcast was talking about the kind of game plan that was that Smith had going into the fight and then how he threw it out as soon as he got clipped. But the thing is, what were his options? The first option is, all right, I'm going to try to box him and be careful. But the guy's a two-time Olympian. Eventually, you're going to get caught and, and, and something's going to happen because you can't outbox someone who had such a decorated amateur career before turning pro and who is such a, a much better technician than you, all right? And so what's your second option? You got to go in there and swarm him and hope that you hurt him early and knock him out. And I think that might have been a game plan because you saw the way he pressured him in the first round. I need to go in there. I need to make him uncomfortable. He probably thought, look, better be has been a slow starter. He hasn't been getting early knockouts recently. Let me go in there and make him uncomfortable. But the thing is, that's a that's a double edged sword. All right. Maybe you can hurt him early. 
But as you're coming forward, you're more susceptible to punches. And then you have your come your the momentum of your body coming forward adds to you getting hurt if you get if you get caught. And that's what happened. He got caught coming in and then he couldn't recover. And then um, so they said that he threw away the game plan. But did he even have the tools to deal with getting hurt? As soon as he got hurt, it's not like he tied him up. He kind of just said, all right, I'm just, I'm just going to come back for more and eight more right hands and uppercuts. It was only until before the third knockdown that you saw him kind of tie him up a little bit. But I would have started doing it in the first round. If you get clipped early when you're walking him down, tie him up and say, you know what? Let me think about this for a bit. Let me let me recover for a round and then go back to the game plan, right? And when it's a power puncher, you could say, well, all right, you know, I got clipped. Let me try again this game plan of swarming him a little bit later when the power isn't as as, as um, devastating, right? Because a lot of time power punchers they're more devastating in the earlier rounds than in the later rounds. Um, so I, I I don't think there was many options for him to choose from. It was either I get out box later down the stretch or I go in there and try to hit a home run and get this guy out. Um, and uh, and obviously better beef um, got the second round knockout and looking forward. There's some, I mean, like we've been saying on this podcast, it's a common theme. This is the era of undisputed champions, and we might get one at 175. Oh, yeah. I can't wait uh, if that fight does happen. Now, obviously, ringside, we had Anthony Yard. He seems to be, uh, I think, the number one for the WBO. Um, He's highly ranked in the other um, sanctioning bodies as well. But, man, if they can push that one aside, that's not, you know, a boring fight either, but they can push that one aside and even better be have made mention of this. I, you know, he's like, it gets you more excited. It gets you more motivated, a unification. He said, he's done two now, uh, aforementioned Vosdick fight. And then now the Joe Smith fight, Bivol would be his third fight to unify titles. And that would be for undisputed. So obviously he knows, um, how important it is and, and how much it gets you up as a fighter, uh, to zone in and focus and try to collect all those titles, that prestige, uh, and really, for this fight, it would crown the man um, at that division, and and um, it would be an incredible fight. Before we jump into that, I do want to make mention of a couple things that you said. I think maybe a little bit of an experience as well on Smith's part in terms of when he really did get hurt, you know, what to do. You see that a lot of times with fighters that maybe have never been down before. It's like, oh, shit, now what do I do? You know, and, and one common theme that fans like to yell besides jab, jab, jab is, Hold. <laughs> Hold seems to be like something that would be, you know, natural to you. But a lot of fighters don't. They they want to they want to get something back, you know, and that's not always the best thing to do. Sometimes it is definitely last night in that case was not. I think, like you mentioned, holding a little bit, um, tying up, trying to get your bearings and, and really get back into a place where you could at least think about, OK, what was the game plan? Uh, and getting to that place would have been good for Joe Smith Jr. But um, I thought also I liked what he did coming out. The second thing that you mentioned, the second potential strategy, which was swarming. Um, and while it may not have lasted long, I thought it had good potential benefits because of better Beeb's age. You know, was that a factor? Was that something that was going to maybe wear him down, making him box on the back foot is what he was doing. He was circling. But guess what? It showed that he could actually move. He's pretty athletic. Um, and maybe sometimes fighters don't force uh, better be of to do certain things. But when he's forced to do them, you know, 
he looked pretty good doing it. And so he he spoke about also how his coach, Mark Ramsey, and how his team was like, you know, you, you're getting to be a good boxer. It's funny at 37, you know, he's like, I'll, I'll get there, <laughs> you know. And I loved his, his uh, modesty. He's just like, we both were powerful punchers. I just happened to be lucky to, to land mine first. Nah, that was the only thing he got wrong last night was saying it was lucky. That was not luck. That was high-level boxing, years of practice, precision, better be if you were on point. And that, that my man, was not luck at all. It just showed how good uh, you really are. And so moving forward, again, we put up the poster last night and kind of got that, that uh, conversation started. And really, um, the voting has obviously, I think, because people are so impacted and impressed with the way Better Be have handled Smith, um, that they're automatically like, who's going to stop Better Be of, you know, but let, let's look back at the age old adages, you know, uh, styles make fights. If B. Vol is on his game, can box and is zoned in, you know, it was always, you know, we discussed this before the Canelo fight of how B. Vol, you know, has lapses sometimes and he could get caught uh, in between exchanges and stuff like that, but we didn't see that B. Vol against Canelo. He was, you know, zoned in, focused. Feist to his opposition. Exactly, exactly. You mentioned that. Mm-hmm. So we, we can assume that he would do that against Better Bia. I think uh, I would favor slightly Dimitri Bivol in that fight. Wow. All right. Yeah, no, that'd be interesting. I, I, I wouldn't be – I can't pick right now. I feel like I have to look at it a well, little de- bit Well, definitely it's a hard fight to pick. But just for, you know, conversation's sake, for argument's sake, if you're forced to pick now and you're thinking, okay, who wins? Who, who do you say? I don't know, man. Put a gun to my head, maybe better be because of the knockout okay. power. Mm-hmm. But with but, but with Bevel, he has a different style than Gvudzik, right? The one who unified, helped better be unify his titles. He was WBC champion, if I remember. Uh, because with him, he was a little bit more, he moved a lot more. He wasn't comfortable standing there and punching with authority before moving, right? And that was actually a sparring partner of Canelo in the lead up to the Dimitri Bevel fight. Um, and Was so, with, uh-huh. Oh, wow. I didn't know yeah, there's that. footage. Yeah. We can, we can look at the footage. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, someone, someone uploaded it very, very quick footage. Um, but his style is different because he moves a lot around a lot and you don't get him standing there with authority, throwing punches before he box with Dimitri Bevel. He does stand there and throw punches with authority before moving and being defensively responsible. And if he can pepper better be for shots, for 12 rounds and avoid those counters, then he does have a really good chance of winning. Um, so I think it's very difficult because they both have strong amateur backgrounds. They're both really good at what they do. Better Beef is excellent at, you know, closing the distance, finding those short shots, short shots and knocking people out. Dimitri Bivol is really good at boxing people and making it a tough night for them. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, making it a boring fight for the fans because that's how he's going to win by making it a boring fight. Um, so it depends on on who has a better night and who is able to uh, implement their style. Yeah, and I think you made mention of this as well, you know, when we're talking about different sides of the street and whatnot. Um, top rank and matchroom have shown, uh, the, you know, they can work together and they can make big fights. Mayor and Baumgartner was one that you mentioned recently. Um, so we know that this can potentially happen. I don't think it's as big of a block as maybe some of the, you know, Golden Boy and PBC stuff or PBC and top rank. Um, so I think this fight could happen sooner rather than later. Uh, the Anthony Yard stuff may be a block just because uh, it was reported. I think Michael Benson said even before this fight, 
uh, earlier in the day yesterday that a yard fight was already locked for London. Uh, it better be if we're to win. Uh, and they had yard on the telecast on ESPN as well. So, I mean, it seems like that fight might be next, but man, if they could just some way circumvent, uh, you know, unifications are always uh, at the top of the list. They're, they're supposed to be, um, you know, what is the word I'm looking for? They're supposed to be uh, prioritized. Yes. So unification bouts are supposed to be prioritized uh, over other, you know, mandatories and stuff like that. But it remains to be seen. So if that fight can happen, because then I, I do worry, you know, if, you know, let's say he has a tough fight against Yard or, or something happens or he gets cut and we're waiting another, you know, 2023 20, and then he's 38, he's 39. You know, then then we get into different situations or B-balls on the sideline for all that time. Um, so, you know, different things can happen, man. So if we could push for that fight to happen as soon as possible, they're both coming off really big victories, looking like the best versions of themselves, B-ball and better be of so. If boxing could get it right for once, I would really appreciate it. <laughs> and right it would on. be a great fight, you know? Right. And a few notes. I did mention that for all intents and purposes, for Beagle to win, he'd have to make it a boring fight. I mean, boring for the general public. I like seeing that. I like seeing boxers. I like seeing technique. I think we discussed it last time, George Foreman's old quote, that boxing is a lot like jazz. The better it gets, the less people appreciate it. So just want to clarify that I like the boxing, but... If he wants to win, he's, he's going to have to make it a – and as the opponent hits harder, the more boring, quote-unquote, you have to make it, right? You need to be more careful. Um, that's why a lot of people didn't like the performance of Shakur Stevenson versus right. Jeremiah Nakatila because he felt the power, and he said, all right, you know, let's, let's, let's be careful with this fight. Even though I like seeing a smart fighter see those threats, deal with it, and box it. And then also – Props to Top Rank and ESPN and DAZN and Matchroom for consistently making unification fights. Because at the end of the day, you in order to have a unified or undisputed champion on your platform and your uh, promotional company, you have to take the risk of crossing the bridge and having him fight somewhere and fight the champion in order to do that. They did that with uh, JC Ramirez. Top Rank took the risk. He had him fight on a Matchroom and a DAZN card. He came back as a unified champion. They're doing it now with Alicia Baumgartner. They've done it. Both sides have done it. Yep. You know, so so props to them. And hopefully we get it right now, Dimitri Bivo and Arter Betterbeev. And then I let's not forget Zerto Ramirez. That would yep. be that would be a really intriguing fight because I don't know. I don't know what he's gonna do in that fight. You know what I mean? I know that he can, I think he can box if forced to, but we know the style that he brings. He's come forward. He has, he's a Mexican fighter. We know that he likes to be aggressive. And how is that going to work out against someone like Better Beef? You know, and, and Zurda does have, you know, he's very strong. He's, he's a big fighter. So how is, how is he going to do uh, against someone like Better Beef? So that's another intriguing matchup that's in the mix as well. Yeah, I mentioned Yard was the top, um, you know, number one contender for WBO. Um, I think uh, Zordo is number one for WBA, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, those guys fighting would be fun too. I mean, right. you know, if, if we got an immediate better be of Bivol fight, those guys fighting for, you know, the next in line. Now, I know they're at a point both where they're like, you know, we want our title opportunity, our title chance now. Uh, but still, from a fan's perspective, that would be fun fights. I got to mention a couple notes as well. Um, you mentioned, uh, and I thought you, you would find this interesting. I don't know if you follow Malik Scott, um, you know, on uh, Instagram, but he's putting a lot of videos out there. He's been working with Gerald Washington, but like 
teaching technique. It's fun to watch if you want to learn a little bit about boxing um, and kind of get an appreciation for different things. Uh, I think a lot of times people, when they're watching, they're just looking for like a big punch, not how that punch is set up or the intricacies. You talk about Shakur Stevenson. I know Andre Ward is the guy that we were mentioning previously as well. That measuring stick, keeping that that jab out there. He's teaching uh, Washington a lot, discussing and showing videos of that a lot. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, anyone that's not following Malik Scott, I also want to give him a hat tip because he did very well in Deontay Wilder's corner in that third fight. I thought he really upped his profile as a trainer. I'd love to see him work with other fighters and and do some work out there with uh, with you know up and coming fighters, really teaching them the ins and outs of the game. Uh, he's a really good trainer, knows the sport, so that's kind of cool to watch those clips and stuff like that. If you're not following him, definitely do that. Thank you for listening to the RBR Recap. Make sure to follow us on social media at RBR Recap and visit RBRRecap.com for the latest episode.